Hello, this is Canatherapy with Catherine and Shelley. And today in our second episode ever of Canatherapy, um, we have got Katrin Kulster here from um, Gijiganup in Western Australia. Uh, Katrin is my best friend and um, also fellow horse trainer and, and riding coach. And I think she's going to be someone that's very interesting to talk to. So welcome to Canatherapy, Katrin. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you for coming and joining us. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, so uh, Katrin's got some really um, cool stories to tell us about herself. Okay, so Katrin is from Germany. Uh, she grew up in Germany and, well, immigrated over here. It's 11 or 12 years ago now. 12 years ago. 12 years yeah. ago. All right, yeah. so I would really like to know about um, your start with horses in Germany because I think it's a very interesting place to start. Um, okay. <laughs> All right. So um, I have not been professionally involved with horses uh, back in Germany. I had my my career and my occupation was actually in performing arts. So I was a, a musical actress. I trained as a musical actress and worked as such for a few years. But I have always I have always ridden. So like so many other little girls. Um, I got a horsey bug when I was very little and um, never had my own horse over there. Um, it's something that is really hard to actually um, yeah, have in Germany because there is so little space that um, the cost involved with keeping a horse is much higher than it is over here in Germany. So um, my parents could never afford that. And I was so busy with all the other things, you know, ballet lessons and singing lessons and drama club and all that. Um, so I, however, always rode because I loved horses so much. And I just went um, to a very typical little rural riding school um, and, and rode there for years, you know, went once or twice a week for a lesson and... Um, you know, always hoping every time that I would, they would give me my favorite horse to ride. And um, yeah, but but I, I got quite a good education there because he, if, if I may say so without um, offending anybody, um, German riding schools and Australian riding schools are a little bit different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's what we'd really like to know because it was really interesting the kind of systematic process you went through to learn to ride because it's a lot different from my experience. I don't know about you, Catherine, but it was more like you get the uh, you get the horse or the pony or the off-the-track thoroughbred and you go off to pony club and you hang on and you survive and that is um, <laughs> kind of this. Was yours a bit like, I think yours was a bit like that, wasn't it? Um, when I learned to ride, I actually learned to ride at a riding for the disabled center. So all the horses were dead quiet and absolutely lovely. Yes. So I was a bit spoiled. Okay. All right. Well, let's, let's hear about Katrine. So how, how did they introduce riding to you? So one of the big differences is that, um, and, and this is, I have, you know, I, I know a few riding schools in Germany and they all had a very similar approach. You would not, you would not just go and, and, you know, you would not just sit on a horse and then sort of, you know, go and, and start riding um, around until you've had 
either depending on the school a little bit and what they were doing either a few lunch lessons so you were really actually uh you, you know you learned about your seat you learned about you know the application of the aids um you developed a a you know a certain balance or what a lot of um schools do as well is especially with smaller kids they um they do vaulting before they start with real writing lessons which makes a lot of sense to me because they again they are able to develop that balance they get a feel for the horse's movement they lose any kind of um you know fear or apprehension that they might have and um, it will be much easier for them to then actually you know develop those independent hands and you know concentrate on other things in their writing lessons yeah, so isn't that fascinating? That's really you start cool. off with vaulting. Yeah. So you start off getting on and off and, and you know, getting balanced on mm. standing up on horses and things like that before you actually sit on them and learn how to ride. So isn't that fascinating? Um, okay, and then what happens? So after you either get lunged yeah. or you get you yeah. become good at vaulting, then what do you do? So and then what you do is you go in a group lesson. There is nothing like individual lessons, um, hardly ever in riding schools um in Germany. And um, that, you know, <laughs> yes, we did have an indoor arena. Indoor arenas are very common in Germany because, um, you know, the, the weather is so, it's so cold for at least six to eight months of the year and rainy and all the rest of it. So indoor arenas are common. However, they are very small. So our indoor arena, I don't think was even 20 by 60. It might have been 20 by 50 but very, very um, common to be in that kind of um, um, group situation with eight horses or more. So um, you had to learn very quickly to um, develop a certain control over your horse, didn't you? Okay. Okay, so tell us about the horses that were in the riding school. Yes. So were so, they riding for the disabled horses that couldn't ah, hardly move? <laughs> no. I mean, you had, you had, you know, you had your you're sort of you know really quite dull having been there and done that for ever um you know school horses but in in that particular riding school where i where i um well you know commonly you have warm bloods over there in germany they might not be um you know performance bloodlines but they're all they're all warm bloods over there so our stable was full of hanoverians um you have the odd pony or you know halflingers or something like that um you don't really there are no or in the in the schools that i knew there were hardly any you know draft breeds and certainly what is not very common in in germany is certainly no thoroughbreds <laughs> so no off the track no off the track no off the track standard breeds ah <laughs> oh, no no not at all not at all i have only come across standard breads under saddle here really in Australia um, you know uh, the racing industry is not as popular it, it you know it, it, it exists but it's not as popular in Germany so um, you know yes I only really knew standard breads from you know yeah the trots yeah. trotting you know trot races yeah. so that's all and um, look I, I'm sure it, it happens and I'm sure people get them as as pleasure horses in the riding schools that I have ridden in or the, you know, um, or the, 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 the clubs and riding clubs, we don't have pony club as such riding clubs work a little bit differently over in Germany. Um, but in the, in, yeah, in the stables that I was in, 
there, there were none, yeah. no of the track horses, full stop. Yeah, that's so, interesting. Yeah. Okay, so after you, you, after you were lunch for a period of time or engaged in vaulting, they put you on a horse. And then how was that set up? Did that, and that was like a big indoor, like, well, not a big indoor, quite a small indoor arena with lots of horses yes. in it. Yes. Okay, so how did it progress from there? Yeah, so back then, and look, this is, let's say it, let's not say it out too loud, okay, but it, that might be 25 years ago. Um, <laughs> it was still very, very common um, in the, 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 you know, the German riding school that the horse was in. Um, so-called training reins okay so you would not sit on a horse that had didn't have a set of draw reins not so sorry not draw reins, side reins side reins um or a martingale or a um you know or a uh you know market harbor or something like that um um on on their body so that was very very common um and basically so you you had two types of lessons you had the beginner lessons and groups lessons and then you had the the advanced lessons and basically the biggest uh, difference was that in the beginner lesson you would always work in single file you had a leader that hopefully you know had semi control over the horse and, and it was often you know one of the of the uh, baritas riding a young horse or something like that. So he would lead the, the ride and we would all follow. And then it was just about uh, riding school figures, but riding them very, very precisely, riding them very, um, you know, correctly. Um, yeah, and then later in the more advanced uh, lesson, you would always work in open order. And what was very, very common, I tell this story a lot and people are absolutely amazed and a little bit um, horrified. Um, very common, you would, you know, you had, yeah, eight easy, sometimes 12 horses in this little arena. When it came to cantering, we would move onto, um, you know, onto the inner track and then in groups canter around on the outer track. That was very, very common. While, you know, those of us who wouldn't canter work their horses in walk and trot on the inner track. Very common. Yeah, it's really interesting. So what, what do you reckon was the, what was the purpose of them having the side reins on was that fit so you wouldn't use your hands was that just to, I, I sure? think the idea behind that was to you know provide a certain um provide the horse with a certain outline a certain frame to provide it with a little bit of um balance you know um and consistency when you're learning to ride yes i guess so and you know so they could probably deal with the the somewhat you know busy body on their back um you know while while the riders were still no. you know learning the, yeah. the ropes yeah. so when did they take those off when were you allowed to when you take went them off? into the advanced um group you wouldn't work with side reins anymore but again it back then and this is this is very this is also what you still see a lot today um, but this is the old school Germany, as I would say. Um, the use of training reins was very, very common. There was hardly any horse that, that was just um, ridden blank, as we called it. With hardly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And for the for the baritas, very, very common to to you know have the have the triangle triangular reins or have the draw reins on. Very common. Wow. You've mentioned a few times the word baritta. What, ah, what yes. is what? does that mean? Okay. Who, who is that? 
Okay, so when you go through the um, educational program that is um, that is provided by the um, you, you know the equivalent to a question Australia, so the overseeing body in Germany, um, there are different pathways that you can take. So you can either um, go down the riding. Um, path and you become a, a writer so that's a professional rider and trainer for horses or you become a right lehrer which means a riding instructor so you go into the coaching side or you can go down the horse management side and you become a Pferdewirt which means a you know a loosely translated a provider for horses so you go down uh, you go down this way so these are um yeah the different path pathways that you um can choose um when you're doing your training professional training in the horse industry in germany so it seems like there's a lot of consistency like with how people do things in in germany and and so these people want to become those professional experts in that area they've got to study they've got to do exams they've got to be assessed that type of thing yes yes and of course um so the, the biggest the biggest difference i guess with that kind of generally in germany but it, when we're looking at the at the horse industry and the and the you know the riding industry is of course the history of it okay so so the whole riding and learning to ride and training and training people to ride um has its origins in germany of course in the military okay so there had to be discipline yeah there had to be um they they had to do it right and and they were already the, the people the soldiers before they learned to ride already you know learned how to 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 learn or learn, learn you know knew how to to be trained themselves so then you just added horses into the mix so it's always been very disciplined it's always been very structured um you know i mean there are there are there is, there is a book um, out there from 1912 that people still refer to today you know so it's it's about how horses should be trained um and and yeah so and this is this is this germany doesn't have a lot of resources in terms of you know what what we have in the ground we don't have any coal we don't have any you know we don't have any iron ore anything like that so so you know what what australia is mining we don't have any of that so our biggest resources is our intellectual knowledge and and our um, yeah I guess our our discipline and our manpower. So Germans have always been very good at well, sometimes too good um, in in following instructions. Um, they love a certain structure. Um, they're disciplined um, and they they are um, very very eager to follow a certain program and driven um, by excellence as well by doing things well would you say oh uh, you look i think that is a because you have to be you mm. have to be in germany because, it's because yes and because it's a small country with many many people yeah so if you're not excellent you you won't get a job or you won't yeah. you know so it's as easy as that yeah so you have to be 
Yeah. Yeah. But I, I think that's a really fascinating thing when you when you see that you got a country and they, they follow a system and there's a lot of consistency within that system and the way they do things. But then you look at Australia and, like, you know, in Germany you get a horse consistently broken or started by people that have all been the same system. Well, look at Australia, you get the horse broken in by, you know, a thousand different methods by a thousand different people because of that we have more variety of the way things are done or mm. how you learn to ride. Like everyone learns to ride completely differently or and, manages the horses differently. There's not that kind of one way of doing things. And I think that's um, a really fascinating difference between and, our horse and, communities. And, you know, I mean, it, it, <sighs> The danger, I guess, with the system and, you know, follow, following that one line is that idea of, oh, we've always done it like yeah. that. So that's, you know, we're still doing it. And that's what I see a lot. And that's why I see a lot with people who are here who have trained in, in or ridden in Germany and taken those, those what they've learned to Australia. Um, I think a little bit of open-mindedness, and it's happening in Germany now as well, uh, luckily, but a little bit of open-mindedness and, you know, looking um, looking beyond what's in front of you is, is very helpful. Also a little bit of just, yeah, openness and exploring and, and, and you know, just, um, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, experimenting, you know, yeah. is, is, is very positive, um, I find. Um, but look, for me, it's always been for me personally, horse riding, horse training requires a very high le level of discipline um, because at the end of the day, that provides safety for myself and for the horse. It provides both of us with that consistency. And um, for me, that is no, a no brainer that that is required. And um, I, you know, when I'm coaching, I've often be, you know, I'm often told to, you know, not be so strict and not be so German. And I'm thinking, well, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's about your safety, you know, because at the end of the day, you're dealing with a 500 kilo flight animal. So that discipline for me uh, provides a lot of, um, yeah, a lot of just yeah a, a safe environment for yeah. myself and the horse yeah yeah okay so okay so you learned to ride and you got to experience that in germany and then you came here to australia mm. and mm. um you decided to take on a career as a as a coach and you went through coaching yeah look and i really that was just really i didn't even really think about it i just sort of you know was a little bit you know slipped into that a little bit and um you know just sort of happened and um I had to learn a lot because I never had my own horse. I've never owned my own, own horse. Pony club was something completely foreign for me. This is something that we don't have at all in Germany. Um, so if you have your, so the, the, the riding clubs that I was talking about earlier, is just really like, um, you know, it's equivalent to say being a member of a tennis club over here right so you pay your membership and you may use the facilities mm. and there will be tournaments you know or there might be the odd clinic that's it but pony club as such as a youth program doesn't exist in germany or didn't when i when i grew up mm. uh, didn't exist and also i think that had to do with not very many kids having their own horses you know that was that was rare you you know when you you were very very lucky and probably had wealthy 
um, parents if you were you know lucky enough to have your own horse otherwise there, there were hundreds of little girls and a few boys that were in my shoes that just went and and went to a riding school mm. once or twice a week now that's and that so, was it that's so different than here isn't yes. it so here it's you see completely different yes absolutely here it's i always say i find it too easy to own your own horse over here because um you know people have you know it's they are cheap uh, people have five acres of uh, land and you know chuck them in the backyard so to speak you know a bit bit over it's exaggerated but mm. yeah and then you know that's it so, but anyway, I had to learn a lot about, you know, the horse management side of things, but you know, that's, yeah, okay. Um, I could do that. Um, the coaching side of things I found fairly easy. Yes. Okay. You know, in a, in a, in a different foreign language. Yeah. That had its, you know, little hiccups for sure. Uh, still does, <laughs> but, um, all right, so what I'd really like to um, to talk about is how you got interested in rider position and also how you kind of took that to another level of like understanding and skills to be able to help people with their riding. So can you tell us about that? Yeah. Okay, so um, so I, as I said before, I have a, um, a, a um, history in performing arts. So I've always worked with my body. I started dancing when I was very young and um, yes, always, yeah, spend a lot of time with um, training my body, be looking after my body and being aware of what it is it doing and why is it doing it and how can I do it differently. Um, I've also done, you know, Pilates for years um, before I came to Australia. And what I, going through the coaching training more and more i actually really realized how well how much more body awareness people in the saddle need um or how little they actually they actually have and um how yeah how how much of course that you you the body as a rider or you know the body awareness or lack thereof influences the horse mm. and the more i'm looking into this you know um like i'm i'm competing a little bit in low level at this stage with my young horse uh dressage and we want the horses to do all these you know fancy fancy dressage movements with a lot of collection which is requires a huge amount of core engagement of course we need to do the same thing in the saddle in order for the horse to to um you know to be able to perform those movements um yeah it's a it's a whole oh look now you've you've opened a can of worms good so <laughs> <laughs> so um there are many many layers to that so body awareness is one core strength and a general level of fitness and flexibility is the next one i think it's really really unfair if we sit on the horse's back and have all these little you know are uh, stiff here and have an injury there and you know and uh, you know uh, cannot actually carry ourselves but expect the horses to do so mm. um who have their own problems you know especially when they're off the track so I think we really, really owe it to them to work as much 
on us as possible. Um, you know, it goes further than that. I, for me personally, it's an absolute necessity, an absolute necessity to work on myself and figure out what my body is doing, why is it doing it, and will that help the horse or, and that is, you know, in majority of cases for myself and everybody else, in, you know, we actually hinder it to do whatever, you know, um, we ask it to do. So for me, it's an absolute necessity to look at myself and say, okay, what, what, what's happening? What do I need to change? Which groups or muscle groups, which parts of my body need to be stronger? and which parts of my body need to be looser and then to work on that. For me, to, so to be quite honest as well, I don't understand how anybody that is riding competitively, especially how they can do so without doing any kind of core building exercises. And I think that the, the good riders, um, you know, the, the ones that are really aware and the, the, yeah, the good ones, they do that. So, you know, I, I know, Carl Hester, Charlotte Dujardin, they are toned ass. They are really, they're working on themselves, you know, because they know, they know that that is absolutely a requirement. And um, from, so, you know, you, you, you can do whatever. It doesn't have to be Pilates. But for me personally, Pilates is the best um, core building um, body work on the side to help me for my riding because it does, um, combine, you know, all this. Yes, it, it, so it is um, very much. It concentrates very much on building your building your core, building your um, abdominal strength. Um, I do a lot of stretching in my classes as well. Um, there is always a breathing component as well. Um, and for me, that just really, really, really works. Um, and what I really find fascinating is I have some clients that I work with that I do both with. So they come to my Pilates classes or I might do the odd individual um, Pilates session with them. And then they also have writing lessons with them where I help them. Um, I help them whatever we do, we've done on the mat to transfer into the saddle or we are able to pick weaknesses and weak spots in their riding in their in their body when they're on the horse and of course you know the horse will influence that as well and we can then do targeted exercises to um compensate for those weaknesses and um yeah that is something that that i find really really fascinating and uh, the results are um yeah are amazing i think i'm a really good case to talk mm. about Yes. <laughs> yes. So, um, yeah, Katrine really kind of revealed a, <laughs> a big problem. You got to understand, I rode a lot of horses for a long time. And one thing I always noticed was that my horses always did things better right than left. <laughs> and, you know, I had people look at me and they were told me I rode well. And, you know, I'd had them scrutinize me as to why, why this could be happening, etc. And then Katrin can tell you what she found out about me in five seconds. Oh, <laughs> what look, was I doing? Oh, um, what was my weakness? <sighs> A lot. So <laughs> you, you never sat on the, you never sat on the left, didn't didn't you? you no, yeah. I never sat on the left. Yes, yes. Oh, so, no, no, I did. Sit, I didn't sit so, on the right. You did. I was like that. I hooked on to the left. You hooked on to the and left. I didn't put any right 
seat, hardly any right seat yeah. bone. Yeah. I was hooked onto the horse yeah. on the left. So, of yeah. course, it had to brace to the left. Yeah. So no wonder it couldn't bend left because it's trying to, like, balance me hanging off its left-hand side. Yeah. So, and look, I mean, our, our horses will influence us as well because they are asymmetrical as we are so you know the every horse has a a um a weaker and a stronger side as we all know but if you ride multiple horses and they all have the same problem then i yes. hate to tell you Bit but there, red flag. there is a common factor and that's usually the rider yes, yes. and what yeah. else did you find out about me oh come on it's a while ago isn't it oh oh one of the first things i said to you yeah actually that's right. Yes, I remember that now. So when you came um, to one of my first Pilates classes. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> and you nearly died. I did. I had uh, to have the day off work two days yes. later. Like, so I went to my first Pilates class and like, the next day I was a bit sore. The next day, I couldn't move. I had to have a day off work. I could not breathe. I yeah. could not move. Yes. I think I sneezed and yeah. cried. Yeah. And like, I had to have a day off because yeah. I had no... My, I had no core strength no. whatsoever. So no. what was happening with me is that I was, and I was riding a lot of horses for a long time, but what I was doing, I was using basically my leg muscles. I was, um, I, and I, I could ride without reins and everything like that. I wasn't on that map, but I was actually, and I was hooking on what I was yeah. doing to balance on the horse. I was hooking on with my legs and everything like that to the left. Yeah. And I lacked any type of core strength. So what I was doing... I was creating a lack of straightness in myself. I was unbalancing the horse by not sitting on it, and I was and I was really hanging on with my leg muscles. So that's what I was supporting myself and my balance with, which was different. So I was creating problems in the horse. So what I had to do with Katrina is I had to. Um, what we did is we worked on my core strength. We worked on my awareness mm. and of doing a check through myself. You know, because, of course, I was sitting on there thinking it was totally normal because that's what it felt like. Yeah. Uh, it felt normal to me. But when it got pointed out, and all as Katrina did, you know, first lesson, she asked me to focus on my seat bones and if I could feel both of them. <laughs> and I could only feel one. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 but there are a lot of people, actually, a lot of riders that, that cannot feel them at all. And that is really quite scary. Um, but of course, what happened as well with, with, um, you, Shelley, using your leg muscles and not your core. So, okay, of course, you influenced the horse in a way that was, um, not, not so desirable, I'll put it. Okay. But of course, so you were not able to be, you used the wrong muscles in your body. Yeah, I was using the wrong muscles. So, which means that, that um, you had a lack of flexibility. Yep. And which gave you, or which, which, you know, and maybe not at that stage, but had you continued riding like that, it would have given you a lot of grief in your, in your you know, probably your hips yep. and your lower back. For yep. sure, um, because this is something that you can sustain for a little while, but but it's yeah. not sustainable. Well, it actually created a torsion through yeah. me, yeah, a twist through me, and so what that also did. So not only was I hanging off, just hooking onto the left hand side of the horse, but I also would not turn my, you know, as I had to turn with the horse because I was locked and bracing one side, I would turn one way, mm. but not the other. So I didn't actually follow the horse properly either and I had this torsion that created torsion through me mm. um yeah which you know really... and and this is really this is really quite um interesting it's like I, I I can pick if people have an office job 
And I asked them and they're like, yes, how do you know? How can you tell? And people who work a lot on a desk um, at a computer will find it really quite easy to rotate their shoulders, their upper body, their ribcage and their shoulders to the left because the right hand is the mouse hand of and course. that always comes Goes a little forward. bit more forward. <laughs> they find it very, very hard, however, to rotate to the right. Mm. But what I also find really, and I, I find, you know, every week, every week when I'm uh, teaching at a, a club and I, you know, so I don't have my regular, my regular clients, I have, I have new uh, students, new writers there to teach. What's really Again, every week, you know, when we're talking about that rotation of, of the body and, and turning with the horse, they might turn their head. And I always say to them, that's a really good start, you know, but it's not enough because that's something that your horse cannot feel. But so many of them think that they are actually turning their body. And this is just one of the examples, you know, that I'm using. So they actually think they're turning their shoulders and they're not at all. So they think they're asking the horse with their body to turn right, for instance. What they're doing, however, is they're asking the horse to go straight. So the horse either gets confused or it continues on a straight line and that gets punished for that by, you know, you know, being pulled on the inside rein or, you know, outside rein or, you know, smacked with whatever, um, because it's actually following the, the rider's body. So and that's where that body awareness comes into place. That is so, so important, you know. Um, when, when people think they ask for the right thing, but they're actually not to, um, you know, become aware of that. And then, of course, try to fix it. Well, Katrin taught me by, first of all, becoming uh, greater aware of my, my body and my weird little things that I did. <laughs> I was able to straighten myself up in the saddle. So I was no longer hanging off the side. Um, I was able to build my core strength, which allowed me to be a lot um I was a lot more still in the saddle, mm. um, which allowed me to be able to leave the horse alone. Yeah. You know, so I yeah. didn't upset the horse's balance. But not only that, by allowing myself to have more core strength where I could balance better, I became quieter for the horse. So I was mm. that release of pressure. Mm. So yeah. it allowed the horse to move without me impacting its balance because that's something that really upsets horses is feeling unbalanced within mm. themselves. So. It's, it's really easy to get into the way. And it's really, really hard and requires all that awareness and all that core stability to stay out of the horse's way. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> all right, so that's pretty cool, isn't it, Kat? <laughs> that's so cool. I really need to uh, bring her with me next I time. I want to come. Yeah, yes. no, we, we I do. will. So we do I a will. good, um, we do always yes. do a good clinic together. Yes, because we do. Whereas I focus. Zoe talks about yeah. Katrin and the first clinic she did with you, Shelley, and she just yeah. No, we have a, we have a lot of fun. So it. I focus on the horse training, and Katrin focuses on um, the riding aspect of it. Plus, also we have a Pilates as well. So um, yeah, it's a it's a yeah. We work as a good team, yeah. even though yeah. Katrin's very skilled in horse training um, oh, now yep. as well. Not as skilled as you. And um, <laughs> yeah, but I have learned still a bit. Um, <laughs> brainless when it comes to um and position stuff and things like that i just really focus on the horse training side yeah so yeah well thanks for talking to us today oh 
So if people are wanting to yeah. find you, Katrin, where okay, can they so find you? Okay, so I have you? a Facebook page. That's my name, Katrin Kunstler, and then it says Building the Core for a Better Ride. So if you Google that or if you look that up, Building the awesome. Core for a Better Ride, you'll find me on Facebook. And um, I am in the process of um, re rebuilding my um, website. Um, yeah, um, giving that a good um makeover and also um then offering some which might be interesting for the people that are too far away from me um to actually you know attend a class physically but i'm in the process of um launching an online pilates program for riders so and that's accessible for for everybody oh, so yeah the info so yeah so the info will be on my facebook page and i'll just have a little bit of a word about those um, pilates classes that katrin runs so oh. i've been to a lot of different <laughs> pilates pilates instructors and katrin really does it properly because pilates is something that you do you target very specific muscles and you do it in a very slow strategic way so it's not like it's aerobics or anything you go to the gym and you go to pilates class you you you, you meet some weird pilates out there <laughs> oh yes okay but katrin's is very targeted it's very slow it's very doable it's really amazing how just doing simple things but very correctly because katrin's very disciplined and does things very correctly um what massive improvement mm. that that actually makes mm. um and so yeah so i think out of all the Pilates instructors I've gone to, which I've gone to a lot, yeah, Katrin's ones are very, they seem, they're, they're very simple mm. but very powerful. Mm. So it's amazing. Because they're so targeted. So, yes. so simple, yes. um, yet it has a massive impact on your riding. So, you know, it's not something that's going to be exhausting or horrible or anything like that. Simple things. Uh, but done it's very, still hard. Yeah, it's, still, it's not <laughs> easy. Um, but it's certainly not like don't think that you have to, you know, Living Newton John with let's get physical and, um, and sweat it out. It's very Aww. simple things done very well. Plus, also, Katrin's very good at stepping it up. So, there's level one, mm. you know, mm. exercises call that quite simple to achieve. And then, as your core strength improves, you do. Um, you do more advanced exercises. And I think that's the thing because, again, you go off to the Pilates at the gym and they start giving you level four, you know, when you mm. haven't even achieved a level one and you've got no core strength. Katrin really builds you up in a very structured way. So making sure because if you do things too early before you've got strength, that can actually be destructive. Oh, yeah. So Katrin's very good at, at doing that. So I really recommend her Pilates. Thank you. Advice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kat. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, thank, thank you, you so much. Nice to meet you. Train. Hopefully we'll meet yeah, we'll talk in again. person <laughs> sometime. Sounds good. Well, yeah, you've got awesome. lots more Very stories cool. to share. All right, Kat, I'll talk to you soon. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to Candor Therapy. If you enjoyed the episode, please make sure you leave a rating and a review where you're listening to this podcast. If you'd like to find us on Facebook, we're at Candor Therapy Podcast. You can find Shelly on Facebook at Dr. Shelly Appleton, Horse Training Coach, or she has a fantastic group called Calm, Willing, Confident Horses, where she's been doing weekly lives. If you'd like to find me on Facebook or Instagram, I'm at Forenza Park. Have an amazing week, guys, and make sure you hug your ponies. <laughs>